Psalm 18, 16-19. He reached down from on high and took hold of me. He drew me out of deep waters. He rescued me from my powerful enemy, from my toes, from my foes, who were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my disaster, for the Lord was my support. He brought me out into a spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. Isn't that neat that he, he delights in us? Yes. I mean, isn't it exciting that this stuff is real? You know? I mean, we are really just looked at as a bunch of, a bunch of uh, nincompoops and, and knuckleheads by a lot of the world, you know, that they don't have time for, nor, nor concept that this, that there might be a world, you know, beyond what we can experience easily in the flesh. But praise God we've experienced otherwise. He's called out to us and he's brought us to a place where we can be reunited with God in Christ and experience that in community with each other and be the hands and feet of his to one another. It's very exciting, isn't it? Um, this this um, hymn is really awesome. I mean, it's, it's very jam-packed with such excellent, um, excellent thoughts, and it comes out of a really unique history that we're going to find out about here in a, in a moment. Uh, it first really caught my ear when I heard this band called King's Kaleidoscope perform a version of it. King's Kaleidoscope is a Christian rock band, I guess you say, but they are very unusual, like their instrumentation includes like strings and timpani and xylophones and horns and I mean like they're very epic sounding. Uh, one of our employees, the Rabbit and Dragonfly, Sam, Sam Alcantara, played one of their songs for me while we were here uh, one morning uh, with the, in the cafe. And 30 seconds into the song I just started weeping. Um, it was actually a different song, but um, so it was their version. It's a, that really got me because it's just done so passionately and so epically. We're going to end today with a video of them playing that. So the, the, the unique thing is that, you know, a lot of these, these were written, these hymns were written a long, long, long time ago and, and just as poems or, and then a different person, sometimes even hundreds of years later, will have to translate them into the English versions that we know now and then, you know, put them into... Um, then and, and made them to a specific tune, and it's just you know it's not like the songs I write each morning that take like you know about a half hour. Um, they take hundreds of years to be in our hymn books, and it's it's pretty neat uh, just just to, to come come to grips with that. I, I I would say I marvel at the details and circumstances that correspond to the creating of hymns like this. It is similar to to me to seeming to uh, the seemingly un connected series of events in all of our lives that have combined to make us who we are and bring us to specific points in time that make us into comrades, supporters, and shepherds to each other. We are chosen to show up and engage by God for specific people and circumstances. You know, like there's more than what I read online about the history of this song. There's just still like countless, you know, um, corresponding events and different circumstances that all combine to what we know now as this song, but the same can be said for the things that combine to make us who we are now and how we relate to each other. And if you think about it, 
it could be almost overwhelming to think about all of the even negative parts of our, our pasts or and think tumultuous times or just stuff that was like really hard to uh, work out um, answers to and then the Lord shows up and, and, and brings peace over circumstances and, and makes it makes it all make sense eventually and or maybe not, but you know, he, he he knows what's going on. At least sometimes we don't we don't really feel like we've ever had any sense made of certain things or circumstances in our lives. But it all combines to creating who we are now to each other, and that's exciting. And it's just neat to know that, that these songs kind of come together in similar ways. Um, and it's also sort of a um, an invitation for us to commune with saints that have gone before us. Um, So just like this, this hymn, we're, we've take, we could, we've take, we're taking a look at today, the original poems that gave birth to this hymn are found in Irish manuscripts in the library of the Royal Irish Academy that can be dated back as early as the 8th century. There are usually translator and musical arrangement partners in getting hymns into our hymnals. In the case of this hymn, like many others, it demanded translation into modern English before it was ready to be read by the general public of the time. In this case, it was translated by Irish scholar Mary Bryn, who lived uh, from 1880 to 1931. So in 1905, she discovered a 14th century copy of the poems and translated them for the first time into English. It went through a number of consecutive translations and then in 1912 was finally put to the music of Slane, S-L-A-N-E, by musician Eleanor Hall. Uh, she is an ancient, it is an ancient uh, folk tune written in response to some acts of righteous defiance led by the Roman Catholic saint, St. Patrick. He has a direct correlation to this hymn, and we'll learn more about that in just a moment. And when it and was finally came out to that tune and was you know, translated to English, it was uh, an instant success. And has continued to gain, round, gain ground and uh, become more and more popular to different count and countless different churches over the years. It is sung all, the, sung all over the world by devoted believers who are desperately seeking God to be, their, to be their vision in one way or another uh, and then seeing the world uh, through God at all costs. The tune itself came from an interesting backstory involving the Roman Catholic Church, St. Patrick. Patrick, who was born in Britain in 373 to a family of clergy, his original name is, is Maywin, Maywin Sukid. When he was 16, raiders came and torched his village. He was kidnapped and, and taken to Ireland and sold as a slave. So I guess he lived in, in, in Britain pop, pop, uh, proper, and then was, yeah, he was kidnapped by, by Irish barbarians or something. I mean... Pretty barbaric to kidnap a kid at 16 and, and run off with him and make him a slave. So he served as a herdsman for six years. And he would say later in life, and as, as read in his, he had a memoir called Confessio, Confessio, that all the people, including himself, that were kidnapped, were kidnapped as a punishment for having strayed from God. So while he didn't find his kidnapping pleasant, nor did he think that of all these people from his nation being kidnapped, he actually thought that it was a good thing and that it was, it was their own faults for straying from God. 
He would pray almost every moment he was awake. One night he had a dream that a ship, that a ship, from a ship he would be taken home, and uh, there was a ship that would be ready for him to take him home again. And the very next day he escaped and boarded a ship for Britain. The voyage took three days, but he had 28 days of wandering to find his way home. Uh, they, meaning he and his captors, were without food. And his, these captors mocked him and said, where is your God, you know? Uh, he remained true to Christ, though, and encouraged his captors to pray to him as well. And they actually did. They prayed to God as per his instruction, and they were rewarded. God gave them a herd of pigs to kill and eat, and then they were able to capture, capture, yeah, kill and eat, and also he was, they were provided with wild honey. It reminds me of, like, a combination of, like, a Jonah's story, but also, like, Paul being shipwrecked. And it's just cool to hear, like, different, different contexts in, in stories that are, you know, many, many years past the Bible that we read of him working similarly through, like, really awful circumstances in people's lives to, to uh, affect even the saints way in the future like ourselves. So he was taken to get captive again, though he had a vision in which a divine voice told him he would only be with his captors for two months. <laughs> oh, just so you guys know, I'm only going to be here for two months. <laughs> you imagine? He probably didn't tell them that. He would have probably given him a good smack or something. <laughs> That's just so funny because he was like, it was totally right. <laughs> Isn't that hilarious? On the 60th day, which is two months, he was able to escape. He was later reunited with his parents, who had not been taken, praise God. His parents begged him to stay with him, with them. But he, but he had a second dream in which the Irish... Are we having dreams like this all the time and you're just not telling us? I mean, this is... Could you imagine just getting these specific types of visions and dreams, like, frequently... I mean, this is just a few times. I mean, over the course of his whole life, maybe it's only been like three, but still, it's pretty amazing stuff, isn't it? So, yeah. He had a dream in which the Irish were calling him to stay and minister to them. Over two, and so he did. And through his obedience, you know, all we, we have these, all we think about is like shamrocks and green beer and things like that, but this dude was hardcore. I mean, he really, really loved Jesus and people, and he really did some neat things in his lifetime. So because of his obedience, he planted over 200 churches in Ireland and baptized over 100,000 people. Isn't that terrific? Uh, but just so you know, an enemy appears. The pagan, shamanistic religion, Druidism, was prevalent at the time. No surprise, Druids actually hated St. Patrick and wanted him dead because he wasn't a Druid. He believed in the real God. How dare he? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> in 433 on Easter Sunday, a local king made a decree to make it mandatory to celebrate a specific Druidic holiday on that specific day from now on. He, pervade, he forbade anyone from lighting a fire that day somehow to honor this Druidic god or whatever. So you know what Patrick did? <laughs> oh, shoot. He went to the top of a well-known nearby mountain 
called Slade. Slain, no, slain, just like in the song. Or like I mentioned earlier. He went, went to the top of Slain Mountain, S-L-A-N-E, and lit a massive bonfire in defiance against the king. <laughs> this is so funny. So that mountain, yeah, that mountain was known as Slain. And an author of the period wrote a tune called Slain in honor of this event of St. Patrick's defiance. That must have made the Druids pretty mad too. Just, I just... Wait, 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 wait. So you're telling me that St. Patrick yeah. went against the law Yeah. because the law at that point was against God. Yes. Aha! Yeah, <laughs> he sure did. He lit a dang bonfire on the mountain to say, ha ha, you, you druids. I'm going to worship the real God for crying out loud. And then he was, he was hated even more, I'm sure. So that tune, slain, in honor of his defiance, is the very same tune, are you with me? That this, these poems were set to, mu- it was set to this music and that's the music we know as Be Thou My Vision. Isn't that so cool? I love that. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Not be all else to me, save that thou art. We don't really talk like that today, do we? Thou my best thought, by day or by night. And I think we can all say that. that you know, There's nothing that we can come up with if it wasn't birthed by him that... Is that terrific? I mean, whatever it is that he gives us to think about or act on, that's the best part. Like, like this morning when I asked, um, when I asked um, Anne what the best part of her week was, she said, "Well, the part where something like the part where like God was leading or something like that, or you know, the the, the idea is whatever, whatever. If we, even if we can't cite a specific highlight or neato thing that happened, just the fact that we're being led by Jesus and the Holy Spirit, that's that's." All that's the best part, really, you know. Thou art, yeah, you are my best thought by day or by night, waking or sleeping, my presence, my light. That reminds me of, like, you ever have a dream in which, well, we are all holy, we're all called and set aside for God's purpose, so I'm not trying to say, you know, holier than thou kind of stuff, but, you know, since we are all saints and being led by the Holy Spirit, Sometimes we'll have dreams sometimes in which, I don't know, maybe we'll in, hear a, a hymn in our, in our dreams or we might even be in a situation in the dream where we're being ministered to or speaking to somebody about Christ. Or When we have moments like that even in our dreams, just because it, because it said by day or by night, it just reminds me of how it's beautiful when, he, when the Spirit infiltrates our thoughts and minds so much that we're even experiencing... Him played out in our in our dream worlds as well. It's just so cool. It doesn't happen all the time, but when it does, it's so special. Be thou my wisdom and thou my true word. I ever with thee and thou with me, Lord. Thou my great father and I thy true son, which is only made possible for Jesus that we can be called God's sons and daughters. I mean, that's incredible, isn't it? Thou in me dwelling, and I with thee one. I mean, remember, there's a part in Scripture where Jesus says, Jesus prays that we would be uh, one with the Father as he and the Father are one. Riches I heed not, nor the man, or 
nor vain empty praise. Thou my inheritance now and always. Thou and thou only first in my heart. Oh, that's kind of cool. That actually matches up with the Lord, the song the Lord gave me this morning about kind of making him the first, the first uh, billing on, on the, uh, the poster or whatever. Um, High King of Heaven, my treasure thou art. High King of Heaven, my, my victory won. May I reach heaven's joys, O bright heaven's sun. Heart of my own heart, whatever befall, will still be my vision, O ruler of all. Heart of my own heart, whatever befall. Still be my vision, a ruler of all. What are what are some what are some of the uh, what are some of the thoughts that um, are evoked when you when you hear or read those words, guys? Can you can you give me some uh, of your own comments on on just? I mean, that song is really about passion, and devotion to Christ, knowing that there's no other no other thing worth worth our devotion. Um. And pushing into pushing into Jesus. Um, so, what are some of the some of the things that come to your mind when you when you hear those words? That our struggles are no different than the struggles of somebody from the eighth century. <laughs> that, you know, Isn't that something? We're still the same, no matter yeah. as time passes on, and the songs are still relevant, even yeah. though the words might not be easy on our voice. And it actually, it seemed like it applied to you because, despite your pain, God considered your vision. Right. Um, Thank you. That the circumstances mm-hmm. will change, but your vision can still be the same. Yeah. And I think whether it's talking about whether you, whether you want to frame it as our physical vision, our ability to see, or vision as far as like a, a goal or a plan or a goal or the long yeah the long game for whatever it is that God has before us. It's not going to work if Christ is not the center. I mean, true, just, but also yeah. the vision still remains the same despite your circumstances, and it's not right. how I can still have my vision, but how you can use your circumstances yes. to still be the vision. Like you can, like I used to tell the people that I used to wheel at the cancer center, they would say, "Oh, I'm useless. I'm in pain. Oh. I'm angry." But this person once told me that to tell them that they're the example. Like your pain. And you're working through it and still being a Christian and using those attributes to be who you are are an example of how this benefits your life and how you right. make their better. I think of uh, Greg and Aaron, you know, who have been through so much. Um, you know, and I'm really still getting, I'm still getting to know you guys. I don't know your whole stories. I just know bits and pieces, but I know who you are. This next section that I'm going to read here is sort of a paraphrase of the hymn, but also <clears throat> maybe like a checklist or like a wish list of how I want my, my life walked out after Christ. This song speaks to us of the beautiful truth <clears throat> realized by a person living out his or her walk with Christ that there is nothing really to accomplish of any value if it is not seen and realized first through the lens of Jesus. There is no thought to be had in one's waking or sleeping that can compare to the completed wisdom of Jesus. Jesus' very presence is the only light by which we need to be guided. Jesus is the one-stop source 
of wisdom and instruction. One's coming to the revelation that one can be united as one with God in Christ 24 hours a day by realizing one's position as a son or daughter of God's, of God's, i.e. joint heirs with Christ. Hey, since we are fulfilled in Christ, who needs the empty dross, hulls, or husks that are the riches, that are riches? They are just empty, and uh, they are just as empty as the insincere accolades of imperfect and insincere people. So when we're chasing after, in one sense or another, not like we're all like, no one here is like dedicating their life to try to save up for a Ferrari or something, but you know, we are, we all can find ourselves chasing after things that are temporary sometimes, but all of that, including wanting the accolade of other people, who don't really love us or have our best interest in mind anyhow, is nothing compared to the accolades of, of God in Christ. And, and it's exciting. This is a great, it's a great, this hymn is a great thing to mull over and, and it's very obviously very, very easily transferable over to our own walks. Um, have you, do you want to put the scripture up? Which one is that? Um... Do you have them all separately? Yeah. Just start putting them up. <laughs> you mean this one? Is that the Proverbs one? Yeah. These are just some scriptures that I, I, I um, what do you call that? I, I, I curated, that's too fancy a word. The, the some scriptures that I put together that I think go along well with specific portions of this, uh, this hymn in order. Um, Proverbs 29, 18 and 19. Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. But blessed is he who keeps the law. When we see people casting off restraint all the time. I mean, the world at large that is not, that is not uh, following after Jesus, they have threw off all their constraint a long time ago. They live for pleasure. They live for their, themselves. They live for easy way around X, Y, and Z. You know, uh, the people that, like when Kate was talking about, you know, love life and, and the old abortion thing, you know, that's, that's more about, we don't, we don't want there to be consequences to our wanting to live a fun life. For, I mean, there's you know, multiple reasons you could come up with for why people do certain things, but... But the truth is, we, we need God as our vision because otherwise, it's kind of it's very similar to lean not on your own understandings, but in all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight. Because yeah, I don't know about you guys, but like, I'm kind of dumb. You know what I mean? Like like I mean, really, we're all pretty stupid as far as like compared to God and His wisdom, and, and He He sees above. He He's a He sees above. And, and, and everything all at once, you know. He's behind the scenes. He, he, uh, like if we look at the back of a tapestry, which can look like a, just a bunch of crazy nonsense, mm-hmm. but with God's eyes, or, or, or if we look at the front of the, of the tapestry, it's a beautiful, beautiful design mm-hmm. that uh, we could not have done. You know, talking about, I can't do it moments, you know, like that, that's, that's an example. But that tapestry, of course, could be used as a metaphor for our walks or our entire lives or, or 
or whatever you want to say. Um, so we need his vision. Galatians 1.10, For I am now seeking the for am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I could not be a servant of Christ. I couldn't. And it's so true. I mean, I know there's times in my life where I've tried to take back the reins from God. Did you ever try to do that? You thought, you think, I, you think I, know, I know better. I'm just going to go ahead and do this, you know, now, just for a little bit. I'll get back to you in a second, God. You know what I mean? Like, it's until we realize that God should be and is Lord over everything that we do, we have, maybe at various times in our lives, try to, to um, compartmentalize what we do and experience and think about. But if God's ruler, I mean, he's not trying to spoil our fun for one thing. You know, we, we often think that God's like a big, stick in the mud kind of like a spoil sport some some at some points in our lives we might have thought this you know but the truth is if our desires for him what he wants the more we're exposed to God the more time we spend with him we're only going to be augment that's only going to be augmented and we're always we're only going to have a deeper experience in life He's not here to he's not here to uh, spoil our good time, you know. So yes, let's see God's approval, not man. Mm-hmm. Ephesians 1:11. In him we are also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. Luke 18:22. One thing you still lack, so all that you have in Distribute to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. So you know, God may or may not be calling you to like give away your stuff to, to somebody or or to donate to some organization. But I think He is calling all of us to hold on to our possessions loosely. If He if He has it for us to to um, oh, like I would not like it if He wanted me to give. My, my uh, video game systems to somebody else, you know, but hey, if you want me to, God, I will. Or, or uh, you know what I mean? Or whatever it is that we think is so super, you know. Um, I don't want to donate my, my, uh, my car to some charitable organization, but it's kind of been a pain in the butt lately, so maybe that wouldn't be so bad. But anyway, but you know what I'm saying. Let's hold on to those things loosely so that we can better serve Christ and others, right? 1 Corinthians 15, 57. But give thanks to God. He gives, a, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, it talks in this song about... Mm, where are you? High King of Heaven, my victory won. I love how that, not implies, but says very clearly that our victory... Is, is dependent on his victory. Therefore, it's one and the same. Like We, as part of the body of Christ, can experience the same victory, and should be experiencing the same victory that, that, that Christ provided on the cross. That victory is ours, which, which also dovetails beautifully into we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. He strengthens us. So... Um, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, 1 Timothy 6.15, but give thanks to God. That's like one time back in the Rabbit and Dragonfly days, that's the cafe bookstore we had in this piece, to those of you who don't know. Um, I thought that my uh, computer bag was stolen that had my iPad. Like I do a lot of artwork on there and, and you know, it's, it's important to me because it's a tool that I use and I try to use it for God's glory and blah, blah. And uh, it was the weirdest thing though. Like I was convinced for like two minutes that it was stolen and I was just like, yeah, that stinks. But I didn't, I wasn't like mad. I wasn't running around like a maniac looking for it. I was like, all right, whatever. You know, I mean, it wasn't stolen, but I was just like blown away that that was my reaction. That's not natural. You know, normally I would just be so totally P-I-S-S-E-D and cussing and accusing and, you know what I mean? Just, that's just so cool. Like it was just, I was almost, it was almost like a gift that I had that misunderstanding because the Lord used that to show me that I, I'm actually growing in him a little bit if I wasn't actually mad about that. So there's an, another example of how he changes us.